0: What's happening Shore conference? You're listening to the weekly Coaches Corner segment brought to you by our friends at Varsity Link. Varsity Link is a social media app for athletes, and I'm sure you've seen some of their stuff around our site and on our social media. Varsity Link is one of our premier partners, and we're working hard behind the scenes with their tech team to deliver not only some incredible content, but connect all of our Shore communities. Some of our capabilities are driven directly by the work of Varsity Link. So if you're a short conference athlete or an up and coming youth or middle school athlete following our coverage, we cannot emphasize enough that you should download the Varsity Link app and get your profile started. The app is already pretty awesome, but for sure athletes, you're still getting in at the ground floor. Check it out today and here's your hosts, Bob Batters and Scott Stump.
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network, where each and every week, myself, Bob Batters, and Scott Stump, we talk Shore Conference football, take two or three programs, and really dive in uh, to those respective teams, take the pulse of those teams, and uh, you know take a look at what they did the previous week, which is usually something big, and why we're featuring them on our show. So a uh, an impressive week uh, this past week, and week three really felt like the first uh, time we had a few plot twists in the season, and we'll have three head coaches coming off big wins that we'll talk to, uh, the first of which will be Colts Neck head coach Matt Ahern. The Cougars pick up their first win of the season and do it in emphatic fashion, a 35-0 victory over Manalapan in a rivalry game. So we'll talk to Coach Ahern about that. Middle of the show, we'll be joined by uh, the man of the hour, the team of the hour, the figurative and literal team of the week, uh, and that's Donovan Catholic and their head coach, Dan Kirsion We'll talk about the Griffins' huge 21-7 win over Toms River North, and then in the latter stages of the show we'll check in with marlboro and head coach jason DeGado. the marlboro uh, mustangs 3-0 for the third straight season playing some great defense and we'll touch on that and see what's making the mustangs click so excited to talk to those guys and uh welcome in my buddy scott stump as we uh you know head into week four it's uh the old yogi bear it's getting late early not that quite we're not in october yet but you know approaching week four you know a few teams will have played five games after this upcoming week so Starting to learn a lot uh about a lot of these divisions, about a lot of these teams. And, and like I just said, felt like the first plot twist of the season happened uh in multiple divisions, but namely in that American division.
2: Yeah, I mean, you were at the game. What an unbelievable win for Donovan Catholic, ending a 17-game winning streak by Tom's River North and the fashion they did it. Tom's River North averaged 44 points a game during that whole streak. They hold them to seven. Uh, so that shook up the America division. And even just talking to players at other teams around the shore, they're like, you know, it shows anything could happen on a certain day. You know, anyone can be beat. Obviously, Donovan Catholic is a very talented team. Uh, not a, a stunning result, just more the way they did it was mm-hmm. extremely impressive. Uh, but you're right. We're getting to the point now where th- these games are starting to be for sole possession of first place in a division or crucial for playoff positioning or seeding. And you're getting a lot of teams that are getting into desperation mode. If you started 0-2, 0-3, you, you know, this is your season You're trying to get wins right now you know, before things might be lost for you. But yeah, I mean you you were there that 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 Donovan Catholic performance you gotta put up as one of the best defensive performances in the short conference by any team in recent years.
1: Certainly. It was a great team victory. And that that becomes coach speak. You hear them say that a lot, but uh, being there and watching it truly was to me. Yeah, certainly has some standouts. Uh, Zaire Day, you know, Tom Zerworth head coach Dave Oser, which was quoted as much, he said he was unblockable. You know, we couldn't really stop him. And his numbers weren't of the huge variety, but he affected the game pretty much every snap. Uh, you know, Roman Moyers had a big sack and an interception, Najee Morgan interception. They forced three turnovers, but it really was that case where, you know, everyone, especially in that front seven, uh, you know, just slowing down that running game of Tom's over North, which Tom's River is dynamic, they can beat you in a variety of different ways, but that's the engine of that offense. Right. And they held them in check. You know, it wasn't just slowing them down. You know, they... It wasn't a shutout, but they shut them down. You know, 163 total yards and seven points is about as well as you could have ever hoped.
2: And to. zero rushing touchdowns, correct? Yeah. I mean, when was the last time that happened for yeah. them?
1: You, you probably got to go back even probably prior to when they began that winning streak, which was, you know, week one or week zero, I should say, of the 2022 season. So from a defensive standpoint, yeah, you, you all you could do is tip your cap and say, you know, wow, you guys, not only did they put together an excellent game plan, but they executed it you know, almost to perfection.
2: And they have the personnel, they have that combination of the personnel, like Zaire Day and those guys, and the coaching staff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Dan Kirsty Young's coached a lot of championship teams during his time. Uh, but the big thing with that team is being able to stand up to Tom's River North physically. Yeah. Most teams get pushed off the ball two or three yards every play against them. And that's why it's so hard where you might get a stop here, a stop there, but then Michael Ford breaks a big one or Josh Moore breaks a big one. But they were able to get a stalemate and even get upfield a little bit against them, which that's a really, really impressive job. And, you know, that segues right into the fact that this week we you put them number one in the Shore 16. Mm-hmm. There's certainly a debate between unbeaten or RBC's not unbeaten in the Shore Conference. Yes. They've lost to Bergen Catholic, the number one team in the state. But after that win, it was like, who's number one? And, I mean, you were – like, Donovan felt like they took it. You know, like, yes. granted, RBC hasn't had their opportunity yet. They haven't played – Donovan yet. They haven't played, you know, they're playing rumps in this, this week. That's a big, big game. You know, they haven't played Tom's River North yet, but I mean, who has a better resume than Donovan Catholic right now?
1: And that was the conversation you and I both had kind of leading up to that. They have the best win in the shore. One of the best wins in the state so far. So they've earned it. The nice thing about the way the divisions are structured and and you can attest to this is in the past, when you had the traditional divisions, you worried about okay, like what's the rest of this team schedule look like? If I put them here, am I stuck having them here? Like you have to think ahead where now is you can make the decision more on the fly that week because you know the opportunity is there for it to get settled on the field because he seems all right. A team
2: doesn't feel like you're cheating us and we're never going to have a chance to make our case Mm -hmm. for number one. It's like, it's going to be right in front of you. If you win out your schedule and you're either Mm -hmm. one of those teams, you're going to be the number one team. Uh, And it, you know, and I'm just happy, too, because Donovan and RBC, which are the main teams in the discussion right now, are in different state playoff brackets. True. Donovan's in non-public A, which is where, you know, Bergen Catholic and Don Bosco and all those teams roam. So to ask them to win a state title is really hard. RBC in non-public B, where they've made the state finals the last two years, played DePaul and split. Although this year, DePaul's ranked number three in the state right, right now. So that's not going to be easy for RBC to get to the finish line and and get it done either. But you know, you, that's like you, you're so right because in the past, you're just worried. You're going, okay, these teams are not going to play each other the rest of the year. So, how's it going to shake out? And am I going to be backed into a corner where opinion, like one, te- neither team's going to lose. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. jump one just sheerly on opinion. But uh, no, the beauty of the American division is it all shakes out. And then your own personal nightmare is if, Tom Zimmer North gets back right back in the mix, beats one of these teams, and another team beats Donovan, yeah, and the, then they you get the tri-championship. Tri-
1: that happened, I believe it was two years ago, with yeah. Rumson, Red Bank Catholic, and Donovan. Red and it's that's the that's where it just comes down to, okay, it's time to make a choice. Get right. that three-sided corner guaranteed
2: to have two teams extremely yes. mad at you at the end of the year. So, yeah, we're hoping to avoid that scenario and see if somebody can uh, get to the finish line there unscathed.
1: Yes, that's a it's a fun division and just when you think it's uh, it's a little bit settled something else crazy happens. So a lot to monitor with that. You know, with with Tom's over North, one of the you know, big questions too was Micah Ford, their outstanding senior quarterback committed to Stanford, you know, reigning state player of the year was injured late in that game. You know, we haven't, again, it's high school sports, so we're not getting medical it's basically sounds day. like a
2: day-to-day situation, yeah. maybe a game-time evaluation against Middletown South. And you know
1: like we're not going to get any details, no. especially leading You're into You're not going to know until Middletown they South line thing. up on
2: offense yeah. for the first time mm-hmm. against Middletown South. And, yeah, if that's any kind of significant injury, I mean, that's a yeah. major blow. I and, mean, like you said, that's one of the best players in New Jersey. So, And that real engine of Tom's River North's offense, even though there are a bunch of other talented players, there are guys that can step in. But, they, you know, he's right up there among the heart and soul of that team. So we're going to find out on Friday night against South.
1: Certainly. And and I wrote that, you know, within the the top, t- the short 16 this week. You know, if it's a short term, you know, a couple weeks thing, like they're talented enough where they can weather that storm. If it's a long term, like that, that changes things a lot because right. they're a very deep and talented team. But. You're not the same thing. And you're Adam. just
2: looking way far ahead. The yeah. team they played in the group five finals last year, Passaic Tech mm-hmm. is a top 10 team in yes. the state again, and they're kind of looming out there in the distance. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to be a full power if it comes to that, where you're going to have to try to beat those guys again. And that's just to get out of your section, which is already hard. They had to beat that Kingsway team last year and all those others. So it's all conjecture right now. You know, we're not going to know until mm-hmm. we get the official status of Ford, but you're right. That was a big development at the end of that game.
1: Certainly you know, the American division gets a lot of the attention, uh, a lot, most of the divisions are extremely even. One of those, uh, you know, is the colonial division, that division right below uh, the American division, got some really good teams in there. One of those was Colts Neck, you know, that huge 35-0 win over Manalpin. Uh, and we're going to dive deep into that. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk with Colts Neck head coach Matt Ahern, the Cougars off the canvas in a big way, getting their first win in the season. So we're going to take a quick break We'll come back talking to Colts Neck head coach Matt Ahern here on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner.
0: The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub
1: above. Back here on the Varsity Link Coach's Corner on the Shore Sports Network talking Shore Conference football uh recapping week three looking ahead to week four and right now we are delighted to be joined by Colts Neck head coach Matt Ahern the Cougars tough start to the season but played two of the best teams in the shore had a bye week came back in a huge way a 35 nothing victory over district rival Manalapan and you know the season at 0-2 I'm sure it looked tough but it sure looks a lot better now and you guys you know are right back on the horse so Matt first of all thanks for taking some time this evening to join us and uh a huge victory for you guys so the bye week I imagine was pretty important. What were some of the keys uh, you guys went over during that off week and enabled you to come out with a really a dominant victory over a team that was ranked in the top ten on the Shore?
3: Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, the bye week came at the right week. Obviously, you know we had to lick our wounds, we had to get healthy. Um, we were a little bit banged up, and you know the, the bye week really helped and and got us focused on you know what we really had to do: playing Menalapan and, and uh, getting ready for Manalp. and So. We uh, we came out and we played well on Thursday night so you know now we now we got to look forward to the rest of the uh, rest of the schedule that we have.
2: And I was talking to your uh, your star running back Chris Scully last night for the notes column this week, which everybody can check out on ShoreSportsNetwork.com. And he said the return of Eric Lorero, um from the broken hand, your defensive end, tight end, senior leader, vocal leader, was big. What kind of a lift did that give you guys to have him back in the lineup?
3: Well, you know, it, it's it's great getting everybody back. You know, we also got Dave Fitchenbaum back. He had a, an ankle injury. Um, getting those guys back, it, it definitely helps. And, you know, especially guys that have been three-year starters, you know, you can't just replace those guys with one or two guys. So, you know, it was huge getting those guys
2: back. And, uh, you know, it definitely paid dividends. And he said that you were really stressed, like, guys – you know, even though it's early, this is kind of like our season right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't let this one get away and fall into an 0-3 hole. I mean, what were you really stressing to them as far as the importance of this Manalpa game?
3: Well, you know, every game is important, especially now with the condensed schedule where we have eight games and, you know, you're going right into the playoffs right after. And, we're, you know, on Saturday we'll be halfway through our, our regular season schedule and it's still September, you know, so it's it's important that we, you know, start to pick it up really quickly. And you know, going 0 3 in an eight-game schedule, and thinking about the playoffs, and you know where we want to go at the end of the season, you know, it was huge to try to try to rectify some things last week.
1: You know, against Manalapan, that's a team that, like I said, a top 10 team. You know, a staple. You know, for many years in the Shore, as one of the best teams. You know, you know them really well as a district rival. You know, they were playing well. They easily could have been an undefeated team. They had that you know, that overtime controversial loss to Jackson. You guys didn't just win the game, you dominated. I mean, 35-0 it's a team of that caliber is extremely impressive. What what was working? It seemed like everything was working for you, but what was really going well for you guys where you can, you know, come off the bye and, and turn in that kind of performance.
3: Well, when you when you have a workhorse like Chris Scully, you know, and, and you're relying on your offensive line and you're relying on him, it's pretty easy to call plays and, and do things when when things like that are working. Um, so so that aspect, it was it was pretty easy. Give the ball to Chris, you know. And uh, let the offensive line do their job, and the receivers and the tight ends and the fullbacks do their job. So you know, it was pretty. It was pretty satisfying to see them come out and you know, especially after the first two weeks, do some things well. You know, and we we played well. You know, that I got to give it to the kids that, that they played well against Manalapan.
1: Um, you know, like like Scott said before, you know, the message. You know, zero two, and it's still early, but hey, like we we got to get something going here. Was there? you know, considering the opponents you played, I mean, Point Burrows is the number 16 in the shore, Red Band Catholic, everyone knows about them, number two. So was there that sense of like, hey guys, like don't get down on yourselves too much. We played two really good teams, you know, but you still have to come out and obviously show it on the field. So what was that? What were those conversations like where obviously trying to stay positive, but also, you know, impress on them. Like there's some urgency here.
3: Well, we talked about it after the RBC game. You know, when, when I was young, we used to play Nintendo and and you used to play mad and if you threw an interception on the first play, you go hit the reset button because you want to reset and I say that's what we have to do. We have to reset our season. You know we got to come out, reset everything and and you know start playing well the last six games. So you know that's that's what we were looking to do and you know the guys really
2: carried it out last week. And your defense, those first two games, obviously against two of the best offenses in the short conference struggled, but then you come out and get a shutout against you know a team that had just scored 33 points the week before who really stood out on that end or how did you make that you know big change to where you're you know going from struggling on that end to going out and shutting down a good team well
3: that's where Eric Lerrero came in you know playing defensive end he really you know he really helped us out to say the least and John Sherrod had a great game you know his birthday that night and you know he was playing extra extra well I guess for for his birthday um so they they played well. And then, you know, the two Ethans on the back end and, and Fitch and uh and Bryson at, at corner, they you know they came to play. So, you know, it, it really helps out when, when Eric came back and Fitch came back, and we started getting our parts back together.
1: What do you think of this division in the sense that you know you have you know the two group two schools in, in Point Burr and Routard, and obviously Point Burrow is you know one of the better teams in the shore. You have the four group four schools, including yourself. Competitive division, certainly. Uh, but in terms of preparation for the postseason, do you like it, uh, you know, in regards to the, you know, you know, the caliber of teams you're playing, also some of the the differences you see in terms of offensive and, and defensive schemes?
3: Absolutely. There's obviously, you know, everybody says it, but there, there's no weeks off, you know, there's there's no weeks off within our division and our at a division schedule also is is pretty tough. So, you know, getting getting those games in, you know, it's going to help us in the in the playoffs, you know, the, but we got to handle our 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 issues right now and, and our, you know, do, do what we have to do this, this week um, to try to get ready for that. But um, playing that tough of a schedule is definitely challenging uh, going from Point Borough with the, the offense that they run uh, and RBC obviously being spread out and having the athletes that they have and then going back to Manalapan uh, and this week we have RBR and, you know, that's going to be a challenge in itself. You know, they're, they're, they're uh, very athletic and, you know, they're going to spread us out and try to do some things to us. So, we got to be prepared for that,
1: and the weather too. On Saturday, it looks like it might be, uh, you know, you might have some old fashioned football out there. The laundry, the 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 washing machines are going to get some extra work <laughs> potentially on Sunday. But it seems like the type of like the way you guys play is that you know prototypical like all weather team. Like if if it's raining and pouring, like you guys are fine. Like you'll turn around and and play some smash mouth football. So do you feel like you guys? If it's a if it's a tough weather game that you guys are built for that with certainly the strong running game with with the offensive line and Chris Scully,
3: I hope so. I think we'll find out on Saturday. You know, I don't want to give you a short answer, but uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, the, there's obviously that weather aspect that you know you're not used to playing in the rain. You know, mm-hmm. the kids aren't used to playing with a wet ball and, and stuff like that. So you know, those are the things that we got to take into consideration. But you know, we got to be ready. It's it's going to be a game on Saturday, and you got to be be prepared.
1: Is there anything that you do during the week if you have a game like that? You know, we see it at, I guess, college NFL levels. You guys are dunking the balls in the, in the water and stuff like that. Like, are those things that high school coaches, you know, specifically you guys will try to do prepare if you know you might have some, you know the elements to deal with in a particular game?
3: Yeah, you know, you try to make it a realistic for them. So you know, you're wetting the ball down and doing stuff like that to make sure that they're they're using two hands. You know, Dom under center, working his two hand handoffs and stuff like that. So, yeah, we, we do some things to try to get them prepared for any type of weather, really.
2: Uh, you guys were a playoff team last year, a division champion last year. You have this great senior class. What do you feel like it's going to take, I guess, to get to that one next level, you know, be in a state final, you know, take that one last step with the, with a really good senior group?
3: Yeah, apparently we have to beat Winslow because we lost to him the last two two <laughs> years. Um, and that's That's a feat in itself. Uh, we got to make the playoffs first. You know, that's obviously key. So, you know, we, we talk to them about, you know, each week we, we gotta, we can't overlook anybody. You know, we're not good enough to just walk out there and and beat anybody uh, without actually trying, you know what I'm saying? Uh, So, so coming up a team like RBR, it's going to be tough. Um, So we take it again, cliche, we take it week by week. Um, And that's, that's the only thing we could look at. And, you know, Kids are talking to me today about the Giant game tomorrow and, and, you know, Notre Dame. And I'm saying I just got one one team on my mind and it's RBR. And then I don't care about that other stuff. You know, when our season's over, then I could figure out the Giants schedule and all that stuff.
1: Let me circle back to Chris Scully for a second. You know, he's a player that I remember hearing, you know, about him you know, through various people coming up through AYF, like, hey, there's this this kid, you know, Colts neck, it's gonna be pretty good. I know as a sophomore, you know, he was in kind of a part-time back and then really took it, you know, full force as a junior. What are the strengths that Chris has that make him such a good running back and, and one of the best in the shore?
3: That his first carry and his fortieth carry. Hopefully we don't get to the fortieth carry, but his first <laughs> carry and his twenty-eighth carry. <laughs> his first and his twenty-eighth carry, they're the same carries, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's built for, you know, carrying the ball a lot. And uh, you know, he's 205, 210 pounds. Uh, he's got some speed, he's been working on that, you know, and every year he's gotten better at something, you know, and that's that's the key. And you know, it's it's catching the ball at the backfield or it's his stamina you know being able to carry the ball 20 25 30 times a game so you know he does something every year that that gets him better and you know it's it's good having a person like that you know back there
1: you know we uh we talked about Chris we mentioned Derek Larero you know, uh, we talked about John Sherrod on his birthday. Big game for him on his birthday. Touchdown run, right? Double-digit tackles in right. the backfield. Pretty good one. But- just keep telling
2: him it's his birthday, like, <laughs> every Saturday or every Friday. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd <laughs> a be birthday good.
1: party pregame <laughs> for just random kids, see what happens. Yeah. But uh, in that vein, is there a player that, you know, might not get the headlines or maybe he's not getting talked about, but that, you know, you guys know from within is an integral part of your team and, you know, a player that if you didn't have, you know, it, that impact would be. Would be missed.
3: Can I can I pick six? <laughs> the the, off, the yeah. offensive line, the tight end, you know, maybe even seven with Jack Lefkowitz at fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the, the offensive line. I know people will talk about him, but everybody wants to talk about Chris, you know. But those guys, they come to work every day, and you know, they they're all at least two year starters. Um, and some of them are three year starters, and they work their tails off and you know, they take pride in in making sure Chris is is getting his yards and uh we get him the first couple of yards and then Chris takes care of the rest. And, you know, that's that's the key. And that's that's what they're looking to do. So, you know, they're really are unsung heroes on the team. Uh both both lines, you know, the offensive line and the defensive line. And that's that's where you're gonna win football games, especially in high school and especially coming up on this Saturday, you know, with the with the, the weather coming out.
1: I feel like that this is probably in the same for football at any level, but when you as a coach, when you have a veteran line coming back, obviously Chris is one of the best running backs in the shore, but a veteran line like that, big kids, two and three year starters, is that the most important foundation you can have coming into any season? Those guys up front?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. For as long as I've been coaching, you know, that's, that's been a ma- mantra, you know, make sure that, you know, your, your offensive line is set and then you can go back from there. You know, then you can worry about your quarterback and your running backs and your receivers and everything else. But, you know, as long as you have an offensive line set, you know, you you, you have a fighting chance in any game.
2: Yeah. Last question for me. Uh, we talked so much about Chris, his name is circled on every opposing defensive coordinators whiteboard, but as you get deeper into the season, opponents get tougher. It's not as easy to just line up and say, we, we have this one guy and we're just going to beat you because the teams get better and better. How do you feel about, I guess, the diversification of your offense, or it may not be, you know, you got to throw 30 passes, but the five you throw, really hurt the other team or make a big play or something like that. How do you feel, I guess, about that side of the offense as far as backing people off the line of scrimmage a little bit and making teams pay for selling out to try to stop Chris?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and every game is different. You know, every game is different. You have a game plan going into one game, and you're saying we're going to, you know, look to throw the ball 20, 25 times a game uh, in that game. And next thing you know, you're running the ball all over the place, and you end up throwing the ball four times. You know, and then the next time you say we're not going to throw the ball as much and you end up throwing the ball 20 times. So, you know, it's really game by game and and how each game plays out. But, yeah, it's important that that, you know, we get Dom going uh, at quarterback and and make sure that, you know, our receivers, you know, do some things out there to to get some of the the pressure and the the focus off of Chris. You know, that'll be that's that's the focus going forward. You know, not that I'm telling you guys anything that that other people don't know. You know, Chris is going to get his carries, but, you know, we got to make sure that we diversify enough that people have to worry about a bunch of different parts of our offense, not just Chris.
1: And that last one for me, just a completely different subject, but, you know, I've been fortunate and Scott too, we've covered short conference football for a long time. You know, when you send me your preview information, uh, you know, in August and I look at your coaching staff and like so many names jump out as former short conference players. You know, guys that played for you when you were an assistant at Red Band Catholic, players that have played for you during your tenure at Colts Neck. How rewarding is it to have those guys back on staff now coaching with you and helping them mold the next generation of players?
3: I, I think it's great. You know, I, I love it when the players come back and, you know, they want to coach again because, you know, it meant something to them when they were playing and it means something to, to them as coaches and they can, you know, they know how we do things. You know, then they know that the intricacies of, of the offense, the defense and, you know, the way I handle things and the way, you know, our staff handles, handles things and wants things handled. And uh, they already know that stuff. It's not like you have to teach them all over again. And uh, for them to come back, you know, it means a lot. It means that, you know, again, it meant something to them when they played and it still means something. It shows the younger guys that, you know, that, that we're building a program and it's, you know, it's great to come back and you always want to be around that.
2: Plus it's nice when you yell at the players instead of them now. (laughs) I still, I still yell at them. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay.
4: You got to keep them in line. That's why you're the boss, right? Keep everybody in line. Yeah. I yell at myself a lot more than I yell at them though. <laughs> Good stuff.
1: Well, Matt, always a pleasure to talk. Uh, great win. Good to see you guys in the wincom. Excited to uh, see what you guys do can do the rest of the season. And uh, you know, once again, thank you for taking some time at or even to, uh, to talk to us.
3: All right, guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate what you guys do and keep doing it. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks coach.
1: That's Neck head coach Matt Ahern. The Cougars 1-2 and two after the big win, looking to even their record uh, coming up against Red Bank Regional this Saturday. So Matt, we thank Matt for joining us. We're going to take a uh, another quick break right now, quick timeout, and when we come back, we'll talk to Donovan Catholic head coach Dan Curcion on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network.
0: Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too but we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh slice to order makes a sub above.
1: Welcome back to the varsity link coaches corner on the shore sports network talking Shore conference football, Bob batters and Scott stump. And right now we're delighted to welcome in the head coach of the figurative and literal team of the week. Uh, it's Dan Curseone from Donovan Catholic, the Griffins uh, We're our Jersey Mike's team of the week in week three. And that's because of their, uh, amazing really 21 7 victory over toms River north the win itself not amazing Tom's a really good team the way you guys did it was extremely impressive and we'll talk to you about that now so dan first of all thanks for taking some time after practice to uh, talk some football with us
4: absolutely Th- thanks for having me guys i appreciate it
1: i was uh fortunate enough to be there uh and see that game live i being there i remember the game had kind of a weird flow with a bunch of penalties but once things settled in i mean your defense just got better and better as the game went on you know we talked after the game certainly there were standouts who made you know big individual plays but just such a great team defensive performance once you went back and watched the film did it confirm that where it just seemed like it was all 11 guys on every play making things happen to hold an offense like that you know to just seven points and under 200 yards
4: it it was definitely a team effort uh going back watching it on film um you know, it's hard to single out one guy because there were a lot of guys that played really, really solid, you know, A-plus a games for us. So uh I think, you, you know, it,
2: it confirmed the fact that that I thought we played a really good team game. Yeah, and obviously I wasn't there, but everything, talking to Bob and everyone else, the biggest thing seemed to be, you know, against most teams, Tom's River North's offensive line gets a big push. You know, they're knocking guys two or three yards off the ball on every play, but you guys were getting a stalemate or pushing upfield against them. Uh, I mean, is that probably the part, like was one of the big keys to the game to you as far as if we're going to slow these guys down, we have to at least get a stalemate with them at the line of scrimmage.
4: Yeah. W- without a doubt. I mean, you know, you know, I know it's cliche, but you always, you know, think that you got to win the line of scrimmage. Um, I have a lot of faith in my guys. My The guys up front are are all returning starters, um, you know they're weight room guys they're guys that work hard uh you know hunter Johnson's it seems like hunter's been playing for 10 years for us <laughs> um you know Sam rock played a phenomenal game uh Louis Dibiase played one of his best games I believe in his career for us
1: The million and- dollar man. That's million right, man
4: million dollar man you got it and 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 of course you know Zaire day is is you know he's he, he could wreck a game for other teams. Um, you know those guys up front we you know we we know we you know we knew going into that game that uh, you know I like our matchup against just about anybody with those guys and we you know we knew that they they had to play their you know at their best.
1: Tackling I mean against any team it's important but especially against North and Micah Ford because not only is he an elusive runner and he's very fast but he, he's a lot bigger than I think people realize you're, i mean he broke a couple runs I know you had a one play where you guys had him for a sack and he escaped and I'm sure that gave you some grief even afterwards on the film but how good did you feel like your tackling was where you didn't let them get those extra yards that they tend to get against most teams
4: I thought we did a really good job at it at times um you know and like you know like you just mentioned they they're you know a kid like him he's bound to break a couple you know he you know we had him we had him like on a clean blitz And we hit him right in the chest and it was like he didn't even, you know, he he didn't even budge. And, you know, we eventually got the sack out of it because our guys were pretty relentless. Uh, But, you know, you kind of know he's going to break a couple of tackles uh, throughout the game. You just want to limit that to not a really long run. Um, You know, I thought one of the really good things that we did was – not lose sight of him when we dropped in the coverage, you know, and our intermediate guys, our linebackers, and if we had a safety down or whatever, uh, you know, I thought those guys did a really good job of recognizing when he was flushed and when he would run. So uh, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a problem. He's a really good player, and he's, you know, he, he's. I hope he's healthy. You know, we we hope the best for him.
2: And I thought another impressive thing from you guys was your conditioning, the way you finished that game. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you score to take the lead, your defense gets a stop, and then Najee Calhoun breaks off another touchdown. It felt like you really owned the last like five minutes of that game. Is that one of those things where you can almost turn to the players like, see, this is why we did all that running. This is why we were in the weight room is exactly for this last like five minutes of this game.
4: Those exact words were said probably about 50 minutes ago or so whenever we were running at the end of practice. And uh, they were said by one of the players. I think Ducky, I think Zaire Day said it um you know it's this is what you know last game was an example of why we run they you know they hate the fact that that we still run after practice (laughs) um but it you know we don't we don't have the biggest roster in the world and we better be in good shape a lot of guys go both ways
1: offensively what stuck out to me was how you guys were patient and efficient i mean at the end of the game uh you know you're you're able to break some long runs for touchdowns um with, with Calhoun. But before that, it was like, you know, you take your three, you take your four, you take maybe hit for six or seven here. And it was like, it was, you guys, you understood that it wasn't going, you weren't going to be hitting home runs right off the bat. I'm sure you'd love to do that. But the fact the offense stayed patient on the ground, especially um, you know, in that second half when, you know, the game was tied and it was like, who's going to, who's going to strike next. And then in the passing game, Todd Lambert senior senior quarterback was again, really efficient, Hit the home run when it was there with the long touchdown pass to Emmanuel Jarena. Did you like the way your offense approached it, just from that standpoint, being patient, knowing it's it's a close game throughout?
4: Yes, absolutely. And it was talked about before. And Chip Chip did a Chip did a great job with it. Um, you know, we talked about it. You know, two weekends ago because we had an extra week to practice. That you know, th- we felt the recipe to win the game was was ball control. You know, time of possession. Win that. Um, you know pick up third down in shorts. Um, and I, you know, I think we kind of drilled that in. I thought Najee did an awesome job there. I mean, hit, you know, obviously you have the big runs that, that he made, but he had a lot of really good three and four yard runs where he took what was given to him and, uh, you know, and he picked up key third down. So, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, think, you, you know, it was well said by you, Bob, that, that, that was definitely, you know, the plan that we wanted to, uh, Control the clock, control the ball, kind of keep them off the field because you know if you give if you give Micah too many snaps, he's eventually gonna you know gonna break one. Um, so that was definitely you know part of our thought process and the way the game was called, the way we approached things. Um, and 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 like you said, Todd, Todd, Todd made some you know really key plays. Um, the the sprint out uh, play you know that was on third down before we we took the lead. Uh, he sprinted to his right and uh, and made a really big throw to make it fourth and, and two. That was to me one of the plays of the game, personally thinking about it. Um, and uh, it was a really well thrown ball, and uh, it allowed us to you know to choose whether we you know whether we wanted to kick the field goal or go for it. Probably if we don't get that throw, we 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 you know we rely on the field goal there, um, and it, it gave us an opportunity to get seven. So I, I think, you know, really good job by them executing the, the, the offense,
2: executing the game plan. And I know talking to you a couple of weeks earlier when you played long branch, you're saying, you know, we're a little bit of the forgotten team here. Like, you know, kind of overlooked, like, you know, we got some good players. We've been doing a lot of winning. Well, <laughs> now you're the number one team in our new shore 16. You clearly earned it. You no, know, we like Bob and I have talked about. No one has a better resume than you guys right now. How do you, now, adjust to what you know. We're in that top spot. People are coming after us now.
4: Um, we're in the American division. You
2: know, I, if if we think that that anything's
4: uh, accomplished or settled or or anything, uh, you know, all we have to do is lean on and look back at, at the teams that we're playing and, and and the games we played against them in the past. Um, you know, we've played a number of these teams, we've played you know, wall before we've played Middletown South we've played Rumson and the, the, our, everybody on our in our program knows that nothing's going to be easy um so we'd prefer the number one ranking at the end of the year you know maybe <laughs> I shouldn't
2: have said that to you maybe I was, you know, a the baby. um but uh well your own destiny because that's what any team want right you
4: know you know trying to get a little motivation with the kids but um you know, nothing's accomplished. This is, this is a week pro, week by week process. And, and, and with the schedule that we have, if you look ahead, somebody's going to get you, um, they're, they're all really well coached, uh, uh, teams with a lot of really good players.
1: You know, you talked about your front seven, how all those guys were returning starters and, and the job they did against the run was exceptional. Tom Newark can throw the ball too. And they have dangerous receivers Tariq council, Jeremiah Pruitt, you know, th- those guys can really burn you. Uh, and I thought you guys did an excellent job in that where you got pressure. Micah Ford wasn't able to really sit back there and scan the field too many times and you intercepted them twice. So how about the job those guys did? They had zero passing yards in the second half and you guys really shut them down through the air. And, you know, they didn't, again, you, you stymied them on the ground, but they really couldn't get anything going in the passing game.
4: Yeah, it was, a, it was a key to the defensive game plan. What You know, how we were going to hold up against their, you know, against their receivers and, Um, you know, the guys in our secondary, um, Emmanuel, Jarena, um, and, and Najee, uh, now Najee Morgan, excuse me. Um, you know, those are the two safeties and and they did a really good job of making all the different checks and and quarterback in the, you know, the back end of it. Um, you know, they, they both have experience. Mike's new to playing corner. Mike has experience playing Michael Thomas, Mm -hmm. um, And, uh, and Isaac Correa is a new, a new player. He's, he's green. So it was, it was really their first, uh, you know, their first taste of of a really big game. Not, not that the first game of the year wasn't big, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't have all of the, the, the fanfare this one did. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I was really impressed with the job that they did and and the job Dino Halstowski did with them. I thought it was a, a, uh, a, a good job not not to give up a, a big play and and we we put, we had roman in coverage too roman Moyers are one of our outside backers kind of like a hybrid guy um he, and he he had one of the interceptions and he did a really good job so they they, they did a good job i didn't i didn't know what, what was going to happen on thursday because it was probably the worst practice of the year um but uh but they really they really came out and it was you know the opposite of practice i guess they were sick of practicing
1: I don't know if you like had like my notes somehow you got, but I was going to ask you that lead to me in, Roman Moore is a very versatile player. I mean, he had a sack, he had interception on back-to-back plays. How important is it to have when you can have one, two players like that, that you can move around a lot, especially you as a, a high level defensive coach, how much can that change things for your defense? when you have that kind of versatility.
4: Yeah. He turns it, you could turn, he could turn, you know, having him on the, on the field, it could turn the defense into a nickel, you know, a nickel team, right. You know, with just calling it that way um you know i use that he has the capability of playing in the box and, and then even playing on the hash at times um so yeah that, i love the versatility the more versatile you are that you know the more you can do you know with, with, with the kids and he's a uh, he's a pretty pretty good athlete to be able to you know to do the both of those things there's not many guys that are capable of
2: playing safety playing linebacker and and, and doing it well uh, and you guys were so young last year. You played that intense schedule. You you always have one of the most brutal schedules. But how do you feel like that has paid off now in these big games with these guys back this season having been through it?
4: I, I think that uh, playing St. Augustine the first game was, you know, we that came right down to
2: the last play, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched that game. Uh, we, uh, we were yeah. making the drive to ocean city and uh in the summer on a well, that Friday. was a home game for oh, them. Oh,
1: that's yeah. right. the one of the few games that's that wasn't two right. hours away
4: yeah we we were we were in tom's river it was a you know i i really think that that game really you know gave us good experience and uh you know they were pre- they're a pretty good team and it came down to the last place so at that at you know at this point in the year we've already been into uh two really close games and i think that's that says something, you know, it gets the kids battle tested because uh, you know, there's there's more of them to come. And uh, you know, they they've been in the situation. The moment, you know, doesn't get too big for them when they get used to playing in games like that.
2: Yeah, I feel like they their attitude toward the whole thing is amazing. That I think if the average team beat Toms River North, mm-hmm. ended a seventeen, they'd be celebrating like they just won the state title and like this is the greatest thing ever. But it seemed like you guys, yes, we celebrated this win, it's great, but we didn't we haven't actually won anything we have so much more to accomplish it felt like they had a really like mature attitude toward Mm -hmm. it after such a huge win i i didn't get a
4: chance to look around and notice i'm glad you said that it's news um you know and, and i'm glad because that's that's how i feel you know it in with the schedule we have going forward if we think that anything was accomplished other than winning a really big game you know there's more big games to come and you know the more games that you win like that the more you get opportunities to play in more of them and 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 we you know we'd like to do that we'd like to do a lot you know getting a lot of these games throughout this year
1: you know you guys traveled to wall on friday uh you know place you know really well uh former coach at wall led them to a sectional title up 2016 i believe
4: 2016 it was the team
1: military Correct. crack so obviously a place you know really well Wall one and three, but you know they're in the, in the American division like you guys, and it, it's a slugfest. You know, came really close to knocking off Middletown South, so you know they're a solid team. What are some of the keys when you go in there and play a team that you know Ed Greer is their coach? So you kind of know what kind of you know anyone who's following short conference football knows what kind of style they want to play. They want to be physical on both sides of the ball.
4: They, they're going to be you know they're going to be well coached. They're going to be big. They're going to be physical. I know better than anybody else in, in, in our program. Uh, you know, how up they get for playing home games. You know, we, you know I, I told the kids that we always played well at home, no matter who we were playing. It was one of those just places where, where the kids have a lot of pride in, in, in their town and they have a lot of pride in, in, in their program. And, uh, you know, don't take anything for granted. They're, they're, they're going to be a tough team. They're going to be physical. They're going to want to run the ball. Um, you know, and they're going to play good defense, so it's uh, it, it's it just it's another challenge, for, You know, for of, of the American division, I said it said American division a lot this week, but it, it's 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 the truth, it's 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 good football, and you know, it's no other division we'd want to be in,
1: yeah. I mean, it probably is the best, especially talking to Joe's at Dallas about this. I mean, outside of that, that big North United, you know, the Bergen Catholic, St. Joe's, all, right. all those teams it might be the best division in the state. I mean, how do you feel like when you guys get through that schedule that you're as prepared as you can be for the state playoffs?
4: Yeah, I, I I think so. I, I I think we'll be prepared for, you know, as much as we can be with, you know, within the shore conference playing, you know, playing other uh, public schools um like you said it's not like playing it, it in the in the big
2: division up north i don't know any other divisions i'll be honest with
5: you
2: you're even dipping into that division you're playing st joe's montville right
4: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. We played them the, uh, the week after this so um and we played them last year um so i i remember when you know early on when i was at donovan it just you know, and I don't listen to a lot of stuff, but I did. This bothered me a little bit. You know, somebody, you know, said that we didn't play a really difficult schedule. And and I, and I said, if I have anything to do with that going forward, we're going to play as good of teams as we possibly can. Um, You know, we, we want that for the program. We want that for the kids. The kids want that. Make no mistake about it. The kids want to play in these games and play against these other programs that have really good players. Uh, They want a chance to prove themselves. So, uh, we, we, we embrace it. We we really do. We enjoy it.
1: Dan, it was great to talk to you. And uh, again, congratulations on the huge win. I know you guys have probably moved well past that now as any good coach uh, and good team will do. But uh, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, Best of luck to you guys the rest of the way. And I'm sure we'll be talking uh, plenty of times before the
4: season's over. I just want to say one more thing. I mentioned everybody on the defense and I'm the linebackers coach. Um, so I better mention JJ uh, J. Cray and Joe Sarawinski played a heck of a game as mm-hmm.
2: well. I, I don't, I, they won't let me live it down. If Every I Every single player on the defense deserves <laughs> yeah, to be mentioned and singled out. I mean, you've been a part of a lot of defensive masterpieces in your career, but that one has to be up there.
4: I appreciate it. I, I will look back on that at a, at a later time. But uh, I, I, I appreciate it, Scott. Thank you for saying that. And I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome, Dan. Thanks a lot.
4: Thank All you. right. Have a good night.
1: That's Donovan Catholic head coach, Dan Curcion, the Griffins three and O heading to wall this Friday, looking to continue their winning ways. We thank Dan and we will take a quick break. When we come back. We'll talk with Marlboro head coach, Jason, the the Mustangs three and and doing it with dominant defense. We'll talk to him after this, the varsity link coaches corner on the shore sports network.
0: Varsity Link is a social media app for athletes, and I'm sure you've seen some of their stuff around our site and on our social media. Varsity Link is one of our premier partners, and we're working hard behind the scenes with their tech team to deliver not only some incredible content, but connect all of our Shore communities. Some of our capabilities are driven directly by the work of Varsity Link, so if you're a Shore conference athlete, or an up-and-coming youth or middle school athlete following our coverage, we cannot emphasize enough that you should download the Varsity Link app and get your profile started. And here's your hosts, Bob Batters and Scott Stump.
1: Back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. And right now, delighted to be joined by Marlboro Head Coach Jason Degada. The Mustangs coming off a 17-7 victory over Howell to improve to 3-0 for the third straight season. So quietly, the Mustangs have been very consistent looking to continue to build under head coach Jason Legato. And he joins us right now. So coach, first of all, congrats on the great start. Um, it's not anything new for you guys. Like I said, three and oh for the third straight year. Um, so certainly trying to keep that going coming up this week against Lacey, but you know, we'll go back to this past week, 17, seven over Howell. And again, you guys did it with defense. You know, you guys got only about 14 points in two games. I think at the half, I was reading the reports of, of the guys covering the game. guys like about five yards and zero first down. So uh, you also had a player had six sacks. I don't know if you like, you know, are getting like TJ T- T- Watt, like, yes. you know, undercover in we here. But the uh full
2: Micah Parsons. Yes. But uh,
1: in any event, just a fantastic start for you guys and doing it with defense. So, uh, just first of all, thanks for joining us. And just tell us about that defensive performance you guys had uh, against Howell.
5: No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. And I love talking to you guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really, all three games are defensive been playing lights out. Um you know, the bottom line is, you know, we, we have this FPT motto, fast physical takeaways, you know, so our kids know like that, that's kind of the standard, you know, you, you play fast, you play physical. Uh, and we're always looking to be opportunistic and take the ball away. Um, and they buy into it. They love it. Um, you know, and I think specifically talking about the the Howell game, you know, again, they were, they were flying to the football, you know, you turn on the film and and you always see 11 hats run into the football. Um, you know, our kids, like they crave contact, like, you know, which is, is awesome. Like sometimes, you know, we actually have to rein that in a little bit, which is always a good thing. You know, you're not always getting frustrated. Like, why aren't we going? Like, no, nah, our kids, like they bring it, you know, especially on game day, they bring it, um, you know, and that was really the big thing. And our kids, you know, they, they look forward to playing, they love it. Um, they're a real tight knit group. So they play for each other, um, you know, and, and we, we just have a great time out there. And, you know, that that's the best part, you know, when you're just playing great defense, flying to the football, making some big sticks, doing your job. You know, our kids are are, are really buying in and and they know where to be and and how to get there fast and, you know, and they're physical when they get there. Uh, I mean, I have to ask, have you ever been part of a game (laughs) where somebody had six sacks on your defense? (laughs) No, I have not been a part of a game like that. So, you know, I, I wasn't like counting during the game, but like, you know, just, you just keep seeing it and you're like, man, Gotta have a lot of sacks, and then after the game, one of my assistants was like, Dude, I think he had six sacks, and I'm like, It can't be real. And then you know, you go back, you do the film, and you flip through it, and you're like, Oh my god, he had six sacks. <laughs> um, and no, it was yeah. never- uh, yeah. your, your
1: senior uh, linebacker, Mike Consolazio. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, Mike Consolazio. Yep, yeah I, yeah, I mean,
2: it's pretty. Now, was, that, was it on blitzes or just like call, or
5: just he's just lining up on the edge and rushing? Uh, a little bit of both. So okay. he's, you know, we're a three-four defense. He's an outside linebacker, so you know, a lot of times he almost ends up being like a glorified stand-up DN, mm-hmm. um, and that's really all it was. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's you know he's on the edge there. So sometimes he'll line up truly like a DN. Sometimes he'll come from depth and he's creeping up. But yeah, I mean, look, the kid, the kid flies around. I mean, obviously he's a he's a very good football player. Um, you know, and and the game plan specifically called for him to be coming off the edge a lot. And, uh, you know, he certainly delivered. I mean, he's he's a fast kid. He's a big, strong kid, um, you know, and, and it wasn't all like uncontested either. You know, there was a lot of, you know, guys were trying to block him and he was just fighting his way through. He made a couple effort sacks, um, you know, that were just the, the coverage was good and and he's he's flying around trying to get dirty in there and trying to make a play. So Mike's been doing a great job for us on both sides of the ball because he's also our starting fullback as well. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm super happy for him. Super proud of that kid. He's, he's been having just an excellent start to his season.
1: When you're playing defense at that kind of level, certainly it's not just one guy. You know, obviously you have Matt Cassidy, your senior linebacker was a first team all shore player last year. I feel like every time I've looked up, uh, and, you know, checked the results the last couple years, like someone with the last name Houston is picking off passes. It was Jake last couple years. It's been Luke so far this year. Um, uh, so those guys have stood out. But again, I'm sure it's like we talked to head coach Dan Cursey on a Donovan Catholic team defense is the name of the game. So who are some other guys that have really stepped up so far? Because like I said, 14 points through three games. I don't care who you playing. That that's very impressive.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's truly been team defense, you know, because like you said, you know, Luke Houston, obviously he does a great job for us. We have a three year starter out there and Nick Scaff, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's making sure everybody's lined up back there in the defensive backfield. Uh, Christian LaFonte has been playing corner for us, has been doing an excellent job tackling uh, Braden Bradley works in there in the defensive backfield. He's got, he got himself a pick at Southern, you know, linebacker wise. We had, uh, Anthony Tropiano, who's, uh, Cassidy's partner in crime there in the middle. Um, (laughs) he's the guy really, he's the glue guy. You know what I mean? He, he gets the defense lined up. He's yelling all the checks and the calls and everything. So he's been doing excellent for us. And on top of that, he plays physical football. Um, you know, uh, outside linebacker. We had a couple of guys rotating in this, this past week. It was, uh, um, Nick Diadema, who did a great job for us. Dan Alcide has been in there, uh, but he was a little banged up this week, but he's back. Um, then up front, you know, multiple guys getting in there. We had guys like uh, Colin Burke, who's a young sophomore, really coming along real well. Uh, our nose tackle, Rob Kenyon, two-year starter. Uh, big guy, Slav Kastenko in there, who's been doing a good job for us. Great name. So, you know, it, it's yeah. – <laughs> so it's really – it truly is a team effort. You know, it's – you can't play – defense like that you know based on one guy one guy can't wreck a game you know what i mean it's it's very hard for that to be the case so those guys have been playing great team defense they love it they get after it and and it's been awesome to be a part of and we know
2: cassidy as a star linebacker but i feel like this was his also his breakout game running the ball yeah for you guys this past weekend what do you have 185 yeah, in yeah. the touchdown um i mean what was it like to get him on track on that side of the ball um, for, you know, the first big rushing game of the year for him.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, look, as, as coaches, we know, you know, what goes on around the shore and we understand that, you know, everybody coming in every game, they're going to say, Oh, we got to stop 22. Um, So we really made a concerted effort uh, offensively throughout the entire preseason to find ways to win games. When teams decide that we're just going to pack the boxes and take away 22. Um, you know, so we've been incorporating a lot of different things in our offense for that to be the case, you know, and we're not just going to sit there and pound Maddie 30 times a game, you know, against the 10, you know, nine man box. And, you know, there's just nowhere for him to go. So, you know, I think those things are helping us kind of loosen everybody out a little bit. And now that gets Maddie running, you know, and, and look, he's a tough physical runner. He gets downhill in a heartbeat. Um, and it was great to see him really find some lanes this week. And when he hits the lanes, you know, it's hard to bring, he's a, he's a hard kid to bring down.
1: You know, and, and with trying to find balance, you know, your senior quarterback, Braden Klein, I, I think has really taken a big step this season so far. You know, last season, you know, you have the injury to your senior starter, AJ Schwartz. He's knocked out for the year. It was a huge blow for you guys. Braden comes in, you know, just trying to hold things together, you know, played well down the stretch, had some big plays in your playoff win. And now he's come in as a senior, he just seems more confident. You know, he's making the plays you guys need him to make. How important is he to making this offense you know, just one unit where you guys can be balanced. And like you said, it's not eight, nine uh, boxes for the run game.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, his development has been huge. Right. And uh, so, like you said, that was a real tough situation last year. He was thrown into And Not that he wasn't ready or anything because he'd been taking backups, rep backup reps his entire sophomore year and, you know, half of his junior year or three games of his junior year at that point. But, you know, it's always different when you get thrown into the fire. Right. So he was, he was mentally prepared, but I think he really needed those reps and needed to get the live bullets and, and see everything. And once he got going, he really started to put together some some chunks of nice games, you know, where he would really kind of take over for a drive or two in a game. And you were like kind of seeing some flashes of some excellent football here, where we're like, okay, we can build on this. And that was a big challenge in the offseason for him, was really a twofold challenge. And when we had our like little discussions at the end of the year to have with everybody, I said, look. You know, number one, we got to get you faster because, you know, we can't be one dimensional when we're in one back. We got to, you got to be able to run the ball for us. And uh, he's been doing a real effective job at that. The read game has been there this year for us. So kudos to him for putting in the offseason work um, and making himself a viable threat on the ground. And then the second thing was, you know, being smart with the football. You know, I don't want you to be AJ. I want you to be the best version of yourself, you know, and, and you're a different type of player than he is. So, We want to build around the type of player that you are, you know, put you in positions to make good decisions and just take care of the football and be smart and take what's there. And to his credit, he's done an excellent job of that, you know, so far for us. He's he's really, you know, put us in good positions. We put him in some positions sometimes where he's got to check some plays, you know, find this guy and, you know, bring the protection over there, you know, run a certain play this way based on their how they line up. So, you know, he's more than just a game manager. You know, he's making sure we're in good plays and things like that. And then on top of that, you know, when his number is called, he's been delivering for us. He's been making smart throws. He's been he's been delivering. You know, he's been executing really well. Um, You know, we haven't had to throw the ball a ton, but that doesn't mean we can't. You know, we can definitely throw the ball and and we're ready to uh, whenever we want to or need to. Um, You know, but he's been doing an excellent job for us. And I really think his growth has been the key to us offensively to keep us moving.
2: All right, we've been at this juncture three years in a row now, 3-0. and <laughs> How do we get over the hump and get to 4-0? And and has Marlboro – were they 4-0 in 94 when they won it? Like when was the last
5: time Marlboro even started 4-0? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, if anything, it might have been 94. I'd have to go back and look at that, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great question. You know, like the big thing for us is, like you said, this, so if you really look at this, our seniors now, this is their third time, right? And, you know, this is – they've kind of taken it and we've kind of been pressing it that like, you know, we've been here before. Now we need to get over the hump. Like we need to make sure we stay locked in and focused this week and make sure we understand that like, we haven't won anything yet. You know, three, we've seen what three and looks like. That's okay. And that's nice. But four and sounds really good, you know, and let's make sure we do everything within our power to put ourselves in a position to go and accomplish that this weekend. You know, I've had alumni that I've coached throughout the years uh, reaching out all week that are just, you know, pushing for us and, and really want us to to get over that hump, you know, and, and and I think that's a big challenge. You know, even this past week, Howell was a big challenge. These seniors never beat Howell. You know, mm-hmm. that was two years in a row that Howell beat us, and that was a, another challenge. Like, guys, we, you know, we got to make sure we lock in this week. Like, this is a big week for us, a challenge, you know, something, something we got to get a monkey off our back here, and, and really that's another one this week.
1: One thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, th- Coming into the season, you guys had moved on from a, a really good senior class that graduated in June. Still a lot of good players coming back that we've talked about. But, you know, for this group, it seemed like last year, the way it unfolded was so important because, you know, you lose AJ in the middle season. So you got to rally around that. And you did. You, you have to win big games down the stretch just to make the playoffs. Then you get there, you beat Washington Township in a game where you go right down the field and score, and Matt's run all everyone, and then he gets hurt and he's <laughs> out of the game. And it's like, you got to find a way. And you guys did. So how much of an effect did that have where it's like, look, we can battle through adversity and it really didn't matter who went down. Like you guys just found a way.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's huge because I think like, look, you always talk about battling through adversity and and like you said, finding a way you always talk about those things, but like we lived it now, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we had all sorts of different things thrown at us last year. Um, you know, even like, look, you know, obviously this weekend we were, we're, going to be experiencing bad weather so our game got moved. Well, we dealt with that last year. We know what that's like. We know how to, you know, handle that now and lock in and and you're right. I think that was huge for us to to go through all that stuff and see that like it doesn't really matter what happens outside. You have to control what you can control and put forth your best effort and everything else doesn't matter. You know, you have to take care of what goes on in your own house. And I think the kids saw that. You know, and again, I think Part of all that, too, was getting guys involved and getting guys to believe. And they saw real live results of that. You know what I mean? Like you said, hey, look, the chips were stacked against us. You know, we were three and three. Um, we had to play a Toughman album team followed by a uh, – I think Colts at the time was like six and one.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
5: we had to play those games. We had to get in, you know, win those games really to get in. Um, and we weren't going to back down. You know, we really were hungry to get in. and And we went out there and we, hey, we punched – Punch right back at the adversity and these kids see that, you know, that's what it takes, you know, and, and your whole life, it's not just in football. Things are, things are never going to go as planned. You know, you always have a great plan and no matter what it is in life, you know, (laughs) the plan never goes the way the plan is supposed to go, you know, whether it be, you know, changing your oil, changing a tire or, you know, the big (laughs) decisions in life, something always goes wrong. You know, it's never perfect. So hopefully that's a life lesson these kids can take you know, and carry it with them. Like, hey, sometimes you just got to you put your head down and grind through it and, and get to the end.
2: And to me, this is a whole new world for Marlboro. You're a ranked team now, I believe. Yeah. Number, number, eight, number eight in the Shore Conference, in our Shore 16. Marlboro, traditionally the underdog role, you know, that kind of thing. Now teams are coming after you, looking to make their name by beating you. You know, Lacey could vault back into a conversation here by beating you guys. Uh, how do you handle that mm-hmm. part of it? It, now that like, it's not like Marlboro's like some secret anymore or anything like that.
5: Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was always fun to play up that underdog role. Right. But, uh, we can't really do that anymore. So it's true, you know, and, and look, I told, I told the guys actually yesterday, I said, the bottom line is just like you said, you know, everybody's looking to make their season off of us now. So the team you see on film every week is not going to be this team that you see on Fridays and Saturdays. You're going to get everybody's best shot. All right. Because now, you know, you got that number next to your name. So everybody wants to knock you off. You know, it's a little bit different than, you know, being that upstart underdog. Maybe you get overlooked, right? You're feeling good about yourself. Now it's a little bit different, right? There's pressure. There's expectations. But again, you have to keep your head down. You have to grind. You have to, you know, do what your coach to do. Stay focused. Stay locked in and understand you're going to get everybody's best shot. So, you know, you can't underestimate anybody, you know, whether they be, you know, 8-0 and or 0-8, whatever it is. You cannot underestimate anybody, and it, it, like you said, it's a little bit of a different world. But as coaches, we have to continue to preach that and get that out of them.
1: Jason, uh, just last one for me: uh, going up against Lacey, you know, this week, uh, obviously a, a traditional, you know, short conference power, you know, led by a you know legendary head coach Lou Versill. They're coming off their first win. They have a dangerous quarterback, Nick Martin's, kind of does pr- a lot for them offensively. You know, what are some of the keys that stand out facing them?
5: Yeah. So first and foremost, like you said, I mean, it cannot be overlooked that that is a traditional, you know, short conference powerhouse. You know, they, they have a ton of history down at Lacey, um, you know, and bottom line, like you said, coach Versillo been there a long time. Like, you know, they're, they're going to be prepared for us. Um, they're coming off a victory. So, you know, you know, they're, they're feeling pretty good right now. And, and again, they want to take a shot, right? Like you said, there, there's a chance they can make their season off our backs right now. So, you know, you know, going into this, that, they're going to be ready for us. There's no doubt about that. You know, it's not like they're going to, they're going to show up unprepared. They'll absolutely be ready. They got a good coaching staff. So, uh, you know, kudos and hats off to those guys, you know, keys to the game for sure is, you know, as far as we're concerned, you know, we need to make sure that we're locked in. We need to make sure that our guys, you know, know their jobs specifically can align to everything right. Offensively, we got to make sure we know our assignments and we just got to execute. And I know that sounds all cliche and stuff, but at the end of the day, it is, it is the truth. You know, we, we got to worry about, you know, and I think Bill Belichick is actually one that says that number one, you can't, can't beat yourself first, right. You can't be playing against two teams, you know, and that's, that's the big thing is we got to make sure we can take care of ourselves, um, you know, and kind of go from there. And as far as players are concerned, I mean, you know, like you said, Nick Martins, he's, he's obviously a, a very good football player. I mean, he, he's kind of like that, uh, He's like that classic Lacey kid, you know, like Mm -hmm. how often do you see a quarterback that basically, you know, he's an outside linebacker, but he's kind of like a defensive end out there. Like that's kind of rare, you know, so like that reminds me of that, like throwback Lacey kid. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, They have that big receiver, uh, Trevor Santucci, I believe his name is, Um, you know, another big physical kid. Like just they just look like Lacey kids, you know what I mean? And, again, Lacey, they're always thick. They've always got those big, thick linemen up front, both sides of the ball. they got that big, tough linebacker coming downhill at you. I mean, that's that's just Lacey football. You know, growing up in Bayville, I went to Central. Like, I know a little bit about Lacey. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and some things change, but Lacey football is Lacey football. They're all shaving in, like, sixth grade. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, there's guys with beards, probably some tattoos and things like that. You know, but they're, they are you know Lacey. I mean, Lacey's going to be tough physical football that's literally what their whole program is built on you know they're going to show up they're not going to back down from anybody they're going to be tough they're going to be physical but the physical they're going to be coming right at you and last one from me how
2: crucial was this year in the sense that you're trying to build a foundation there where no matter who graduates we're still going to be a competitive team and a good team Bob and I have seen a ton of public schools over the years. A, remember they had that one great class Mm -hmm. and they won as juniors and seniors. And then those guys graduated and they went back to, you know, two and eight for six more years until they got another one of those classes. Right. How huge is this year as far as saying, like, no, we're a program where when guys graduate, we're not just going to fall apart. We'll have the guys stepping right in and keeping things going.
5: Yeah, that was, honestly, that's a great question because that's that's been huge for us. And that's something we kind of impressed upon the kids in the offseason now. Like, you know, we want to be a program now, right? So so what's going to happen here? Are we going to take that step back, become that 2-8 and eight football team? Or are we going to keep building and keep moving forward? And, uh, you know, one of the things we said in the offseason to the kids was, you know what? Players graduate, standards and expectations don't. Um, and that was our goal, really, to set that standard and that expectation this year that we should be competing for things. We should be competing for division championships, competing for state playoff berths, right? Getting the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. Like those should be our standards and expectations now. And the kids to their credit, they totally bought in. Like that's what they want. Like they got a taste of it last year and actually really the past two years. And then they want to be that class that continues and maybe pushes it forward and sets the bar even higher for the next class. And that when you start to get that, it all kind of feeds itself. You know, you have like two years ago, you go seven and three. Well, the next class wants to reset that bar a little bit higher. Well, then you go six and four, you get a playoff victory. Well, now the next class, they want to set that bar higher, you know, and let's see where this year goes. And then I'm sure that next class, now they're hungry and they saw what it took, you know, and they're going to want to step in and, and again, push that bar even higher. So that was really our big goal is really try, try to establish ourselves now as, as a legitimate program, you know, and that when, when kids graduate, there's still, you know, still good football here.
1: Jay, great stuff, man, as always. Uh, fun to see what you guys have done the last three years and and playing consistent football and, like, you know, some new blood, you know, kind of in, you know, the Shores, you know, top 10, and you guys are uh, playing some really good football. And, you know, credit to yourself, your coaching staff, the players, everyone involved. Uh, I know it's not easy when you're trying to build something, really from scratch, uh, and you you guys have done that. So, uh, again, thanks for talking to us about it and uh, taking some time out of your evening.
5: No, thank you. I I enjoy doing it. You guys are great, and uh, I appreciate it. And I always end up watching, so. (laughs) Well, good stuff. Good luck this weekend. Thanks a lot, man. All
1: right. That's Marlboro head coach Jason Degato. The Mustangs 3-0 looking to move to 4-0 with a game against Lacey this weekend. We'll take one last quick break. We come back Stump and I will just touch on a couple of the big games coming up in week four. That's on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Back on the Varsity Link Coaches Corner on the Shore Sports Network. Just wrapping things up real quick. Uh, thanks again to our guests, first of all, uh, Colts Neck Head Coach Matt Ahern, Donovan Catholic Head Coach Dan Curcion, and Marlboro Head Coach Jason Nagato, and, of course, our sponsor, Varsity Link. It's the Athlete Social Media Network. For more, make sure you head to varsitylink.com and download the Varsity Link app on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Big one this week, Scott, and you'll be there. Watching the alma mater right down the road, Rumson Fairhaven, number four in the Shore Sports Network Shore sixteen, hosting number two Red Bank Catholic. Man, Borden Stadium is going to be rocking every time I've covered those two teams. The atmosphere has been insane, especially at Rumson. You better leave now.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. I think right after this. I'm just going to drive over there to try to get a good parking spot. Um, I covered that game, this game for a million years, yeah. like going back to the Aztec Park right? era, like from like 2001 yeah. or two um it's always a tremendous atmosphere it's been boosted up because both of these teams are state ranked teams yeah. they're in the state finals like every year in addition to their all their rivalry that goes back to 1947 mm-hmm. um you know my dad went to rbc and he remembers like you know the big rumps and games yeah. from the 60s so you know it's always been a great rivalry rbc's had the upper hand they don't play on thanksgiving anymore obviously mm-hmm. uh they're just division rivals now i think rbc's won like Fifteen of the last. They've been
1: 16. some really good. Some Coast of them are some games, epic endings. Yeah.
2: you know, twenty-one twenty. Yes, was a crazy game a couple years the ago. The Jaden
1: Key game. Yeah, I remember yes. That.
2: So, you know, in this one, this is Rumson's chance, obviously, to send a massive shock wave because RBC is, I think, number four in the state now, mm-hmm. um, and Rumson's sixteen as far as leaping back into the American Division picture mm-hmm. if you get this win. Uh, getting an absolute bushel of of points as far as like your state playoffs. You just pretty much made yourself like the number one seed in your section Um, and just showing they can play with that caliber of team. For RBC, I think the discussion is now that it's lingering out there, who's number one, Donovan, RBC. Mm -hmm. In some polls, it's RBC. and In our polls, Donovan. So I think they're going out to try to like really put it on them and show like we are clearly the number one team in the short conference right now. Um, And as I wrote in the notebook, It's interesting how, if you look at the star on one side, there's probably like the counterpart on the other. You know, Owen O'Toole, one of the best quarterbacks in the shore for Rumson. Frankie Williams, one Mm -hmm. of the best quarterbacks in the shore for RBC. You know, Emmanuel Ross, one of the best wide receivers in the shore for RBC. Nick Rigby for Rumson. And there's like four or five more of those comparisons. But, I mean, you've you've covered these games too and seen them over the Mm -hmm. years. Usually when RBC wins or, you know, keeps the upper hand, it's because their offensive line dominates yes. running the ball
1: yeah and that's been what set them apart in a lot of these games and they have a standout unit again you know led by lorenzo porteller uh portella and tyler burnham and on the other side Rums is has got a really good defensive line too Cooper so again Vanell, like strength best, on strength
2: one of the best d linemen absolutely short.
1: you know reed else's back at linebacker it's it's interesting because you talk to both teams and they're like hey that's our strength our guys up front can play with anybody Like they're both saying that. So it really is going to be. And I do
2: think Rumson's defense does have something to prove in the sense that they lost 42 to 21 to Tom's over North and gave Mm -hmm. up 317 yards rushing. Michael Ford had a huge game. So this is the next chance to kind of, like, wipe the slate clean of that if you can stop RBC's rushing. RBC's averaging, I want to say, 6.8 yards a carry on the season. And that's including the Bergen Catholic game where they were basically bottled up. Which really skewed it. So the last two games against Colts Neck and Wall have been well over 200 yards rushing. Even though it's a committee of three or four guys, they've been effective because that line is so good. The
1: end result is still what they're looking for. And Ross
2: is a game-changing guy because – You can think you're covered. You got two guys on him. He just goes Mm -hmm. right up over people, makes a contested catch that can swing the whole type of game. Um, And conversely, Owen O'Toole, you know, I talked to him about this matchup. And, you know, obviously they need him to throw the ball and make plays in the air because that's what they do best. Mm -hmm. Uh, He threw for 226. You were at the game against Tom Zerner with a couple touchdowns. Really played well. With a rush. Bearing down on him a decent amount. And he said, you know, we've played Tom's or North. We've played Middletown South. These are teams that bring pressure mm-hmm. like crazy. So, yes, well, RBC is really good and Davin Bruton will be flying through gaps mm-hmm. and you got to get the ball out quick. O'Toole's shown he can handle that. Um, so I think that's, you know, if they can run the ball enough effectively so that it's not third and eight mm-hmm. where you can kind of tee off and send yeah. everyone at O'Toole, that will be a big difference. Um, but, yeah, I think, like you said, that place is going to be rocking there's tons of all-shore talent in that game, Division One players mm. all, you know, on the field. So you can't ask for a better thing. And like Frankie Williams said to me, this is our biggest rival in every sport yes. at RBC. So, yeah, it I'm is. looking forward to it. Yeah, it
1: should be a good one. A few other uh, big division games want to touch on. a uh, Holmdel at Manasquan, originally a Saturday game at Manasquan, as always. Now moved to Friday in the afternoon which you'll see. Check Shoresportsnetwork.com because the schedule's probably going to change about five more times. Yeah, every time we your well weather
2: app updates, like <laughs> the schedule will change again.
1: So that's a big one. Homedale undefeated 3-0, Manusquan 2-1, and only lost to Point Burrow. So that's for the top spot in the Constitution Division. Uh, you go down to the Independence Division, Brickmore and Friel Township.